Welcome to episode five of the Instructive View podcast. I am Jeff. Uh, joining me today is Miles. Say hi, Miles. Hey, uh, David. Hello, everyone. David is not here today because he is lame and/or awesome and has a gig, which is what those cool comedy people do, I guess. Um, yeah. So, well, we don't know what type of gig. It could be an exotic dancing gig. Oh, that's true. Or a Franklin impersonator gig. <laughs> it could go either way. One of those two. Alright, so let's get started. So, uh, since we uh, had our last podcast, we've had several exciting baseball games. I thought it was kind of of funny when I was cutting together the last one to hear David especially was kind of down on Dexter Fowler and Jorge Soler at the plate, and both of them had huge games in the next two. uh, Yeah, they probably listen to this podcast. I hope so. I hope it was very motivating. Uh, Maybe next time David's on, we can have him trash some other players who are struggling at the plate so they can have big weeks. Yep. But, yeah, those were some fun games. I mean, I was at the uh, the Sunday game. Um, I thought of leaving early, but I didn't, and was kind of glad I didn't. Uh, especially yeah. especially when I realized Latroy Hawkins was coming in for the Rockies, which was pretty funny. It was been one, yeah. it's been one of many times this week where I've been like, oh, this guy is still in baseball. Yeah. It seems like it's like the Cubs washed up, like the washed up Cubs tour the whole year so far obviously with Jason Marquis dealing on a dealing on Wednesday that was that was also nice to see do the, do the Padres have any former Cubs other than Kashner could they like uh, sign a sign Carlos Marmol this week just to keep the streak going not sure he would make their double a team at this point <laughs> he's very, although I heard I heard he's he's looking for another op- opportunity oh he's ve- he's very available I'm sure oh yeah uh, looking, I don't think they have any other Cubs. Or maybe they did. Maybe they did for like five minutes this off season. Yeah, the way things went. So yeah, that's the, yeah. The Sunday, the Sunday game was great. Um, mm-hmm. Had you ever been to the Colorado's ballpark before? I did. Uh, how long ago? Probably like six years ago. I went there and had a great time. It's a really nice park. Um, it was a nice. Yeah. It was a nice day on Sunday. Of course, it's like covered with snow today because that's how the weather works out here in the spring. But uh, mm-hmm. it was a nice park. Their yeah. hot, their hot dogs were terrible, but uh, they had pretty good beer selection being in Colorado, so that was nice. Mm-hmm. My good beer selection. You mean you just had Coors Light? Well, and other things. They. I mean, they had like New Belgium yeah. and. Uh, sure. Sure. Tons of breweries in Colorado. A couple other good local ones. Odell's, which was nice to see. That was, that was my first experience of great Colorado beer. I went to Odell's Brewery when I was out there six years ago, and was like, oh wow! Like I'd always been a new yeah. Bel- I'd always been a New Belgium guy, so you know we we made sure to go there. But yeah. Odell's was the place that really blew me away. Mm-hmm. I think New Belgium's a lot of people's first. Oh hey, this is a craft beer. This is really good. But then, I mean, I don't. I think they're probably like a replacement level craft beer at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm a big Belgian beer fan, but most of their yeah. most of their beers aren't really Belgian enough for me. Like, I like their triple, and I'll get fat tire if I can't decide on anything. But yeah, you know, they're usually not a go to like other places. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had their two below? Um, is that their porter? Uh, I think so. I was really unimpressed after after that. I kind of soured on New Belgium. Yeah. Yep. But. So this is the craft beer podcast. <laughs> no, I was very excited when I when I recorded last week's podcast. Uh, I was sitting in my car a block from Epic Brewing, which I was so happy to to wrap it up and go. Yeah. Which yeah. which I just experienced for the first time yeah. a, 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 a month ago, and uh, yeah, 
<laughs> a month ago and I was in Salt Lake City, which was also a surprisingly good beer town. Um, though I'm sure once you yeah. leave Salt Lake City, not so much, but they had another mm-hmm. uh, brewery slash tasting room. They just opened up a few months ago, a couple blocks from the park, which was a nice surprise. Hmm. But anyway, enough about beer. Back to baseball. So that, yeah. game, so that game was fun, and we had the, the Jorge Soler breakout game back at Wrigley the next day. Yeah. It kind of sucks that the hitting all these home runs, and there's just no one there to catch them. Yeah, I was kind of surprised by how empty Wrigley was. I mean, like, it is April yeah. in Chicago, but I thought the buzz would be enough that their stadium would at least be, like, half full. Yeah. it kind of, Well, apparently they're all watching it, because we're setting five-year highs in viewership, but <laughs> still, yeah. you'd think there'd be more people in the stands. Yeah. I mean, Jason Marquis pitching. Who doesn't want to see that? <laughs> Literally anything can happen. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I was a little disappointed that Jason Marquis gave that, you know, they didn't score even more runs off of him. It seems like they had the bases yeah. loaded every inning. Especially those early innings. They could have torched him for, for 10. But yeah, just looking back on it, the one home run, really not even too many extra base hits, just a couple doubles. I mean, the wind was howling in, so I mean, I'm not too surprised yeah, that mean, there weren't that many home runs, but... And Rizzo still killed a ball. <laughs> that would have landed, was... landed in the lake like two months from now, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was a very murderous cut that he took. And we haven't lost a series yet, which is, I mean, it has to be the first time in the past... Ten years, we haven't lost one of our first three series. Yeah, it seems like even even those you know decent to good Cubs teams from '08 and, and even into 2010, they were still credible. Mm. They still they, yeah. they always seems like getting off to bad starts was pretty common with those teams. Though I might be just yeah. misremembering things. And it's just like that feeling that you get with this team that if we're down a few runs two years ago or last year, no way. There's just no way we're coming back. But I I think. Brett in uh, Sahadev's podcast, yeah. they said that we didn't have a single ninth inning comeback last year. Yeah, I mean, and we, we already have one this year. We had to have at least seemed, one comeback. Yeah. We had a bunch of extra inning games last year, but yeah. yeah, it just it seems like we're not out of a game anymore. Yeah, even with the short bench, which I, yeah, which I've kind of like. Usually, I'm very critical of managers who uh, are very conservative with their bench in close games, but you know, I. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of think that Madden's been a little uh, over aggressive with that. Yeah, he's he's has three catchers on the team, and it seems like he uses all three half the games he plays. Yeah, I mean, I'm not even worried about the catcher stuff. It's more like, uh, you know, like, hey, Chris Coglin, oh, yeah. Chris Coglin can play third base, but like, I'd rather just just leave mm. just leave those guys in there. <laughs> I mean, they're not her is not that yeah. great. Her is not that great, but. You know, and like, I don't really think we need to burn through our basically yeah. like three man bench by the seventh inning and have David Ross left to pinch hit. <laughs> I'd probably rather have Travis Wood hitting than, yeah. uh, than Ross. Yeah, you've got Travis Wood, and then, yeah, that's basically it. Yeah. I mean, Travis Wood and David Ross, you're probably an equal trade off at the plate. Yeah, though I, he just hit the ball pretty hard in his few starts, which was kind of nice to see, but. That's not what I'm expecting uh, going forward yeah. at all. Mm-hmm. Speaking of that short bench, uh, I still don't know if Chris Bryant is coming up. <laughs> is he playing in the second game with the double? It's I'm still refreshing 
haven't had a lineup yet. But uh, I just hope that they go with the super troll option and they call it Christian Villanueva. Yeah, he's on the 40-man, apparently. Because he's on the 40-man. Yeah. So uh, that would be nice to say, you know, a little more seasoning. Or uh, Chris Faleka, I guess, is too, right? If he can play the third base. Yeah, yeah. I think so. I mean, he, I think he plays all over the infield. I, it, it's probably going to be Chris Faleka. I don't think Theo's going to call him up the day he's eligible. Yeah. yeah, just because that's inviting something. It'll be it'll be the red series probably in like five days. Yeah, though actually, in some sense, like now that it's a little later in the week, you know, at least he can point to saying, "Hey, you know, we've got an emergency at third base, so we could just call him up now, and we have this excuse." Yeah, but I I, I think he'll still debut on the road. Yeah, that's just the mo for Theo. Yeah, Valika played a few games at third last year and the year before that, so. Yeah. I'd I'd be surprised if it wasn't him, unless they just wait like two days, retroactively put Neil Ramirez on the DL and then call him up. But yeah, I mean I'm not even too. As like I said, I don't think I think it'll just look too bad. They won't they won't do that. They'll wait. <laughs> they'll go on the road. Not that Theo cares too much. I, I probably doesn't care at all. But yeah, it's just a due diligence. I just think it would, look, it would just look so bad. Yeah. So we haven't heard anything on the Ramirez injury. Um, the last we saw it was shoulder discomfort, but it didn't look too good in yeah. last night's game. But it's a good thing yeah. we actually have a, a deep pen. We're not. We're I'm not... actually kind of excited to see who else would come on. Well, I mean, maybe I'm not that excited because it will probably be someone like a retread. Well, like, but like, like I like, want like, Armando Rivera to get. It'll probably shot. just be Blake Parker, who apparently has been in Iowa yeah. for like the last eight years. Like I heard that a while back. Yeah, he he, he owns a home. He owns a home there. <laughs> he has to. He's the, he's the all-time saves leader for the Iowa Cubs, which is a, a dubious record. He's gonna go in the Des Moines Hall of Fame. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad the Ross Cup's up though. I thought he probably should have made the team. He's pretty good. Yeah, I I do too. I I mean Phil Coke has been decent. He's been fine, but I thought Ross Cup was probably the best lefty we had. Yeah, I don't think any of them are, or neither of them are particularly like lefty specialists either, which is nice. Kind of hate, kind of hate one out guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I think Phil could go a whole inning. I mean, he has. I mean, he did last night. And I guess, yeah. I guess, mostly righties. I think too. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of them was probably a pinch, hit, a pinch hitter, but still. Yeah, yeah. Looking at the forty man roster, I think you're you're probably right. It's going to be Blake Parker. I mean, maybe it's Joe Ortiz, but that's a third lefty, and he really is a loogie. He's not gonna. Yeah. He's not gonna face it. Was wasn't there something with him last week where he was like mysteriously yeah, suspended, suspended or something? I don't remember what happened. And I I don't think we ever figured that out. Did he just disappear for a couple of days, or I don't know. I think they just no one cares because it's Joe Ortiz, so <laughs> they didn't report it. Yeah, that that was the first time I had heard his name was. Uh... When there were whatever these weird rumors were going on last week that I can't even remember. So exciting times there. I kind of hope. I kind of hope it's Shorties because if he gets called up, he'll be the only player on the Cubs that I'm taller than. He's five foot seven. <laughs> he's really short. Well, he's still he's still gonna be beat. Yeah. Well, five seven. He, you'd think he'd submarine if he's five seven, or he's just way way like a. Not even a three quarters to straight overhand, but 
Is, is CJ Edwards short, or is he just that he's just real slight? No, I think he's, I think he's six feet, which is kind of short, but he weighs 150 pounds. Maybe. Okay. Yeah, he's 6'3", 170 is what it says. <laughs> but he doesn't weigh 170. There's no way. He's so thin. Yeah, I, I kind of lost the uh, the keeping track of pitchers' spitals once uh, Carlos Sombrano wasn't the uh, only member of the Cubs that was older than I was. Or the ones who was yeah. closest to my birthday. Well, after after, after uh, they started getting people younger than Sombrano, I was like, all right, <laughs> I'm not going to yeah. worry about this anymore. <laughs> well, aisle four, aisle four twenty four. Tim said that Yarmir Yager is the only player that he's younger than in any of the professional, like the big four professional sports. So you've got a little while before that creeps up on you. Oh, was Greg Oden retired? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Po- podcast favorite, Greg Oden. <laughs> yeah, he's been mentioned in forty percent of our podcast so far, <laughs> and that 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 number figures to go up. He's an endless mind of humor. Yeah. And knee surgeries. <laughs> He's put some doctors through college, for sure. Or He's... doctor's kid through college. I don't know. With how many knee surgeries he had, maybe he was uh, putting some doctors through college there, too. Didn't seem like <laughs> it took. Yeah. So if you get, like, six, like, do they give you one of those stamps so you can get your seventh free, or...? I don't know how that works. How many knees do you really need, is what they would say. <laughs> how about we just pay for a wheelchair, and that's it for you. All right, so let's move so, on to our uh, our next topic. Um, so, Miles, you wrote a piece about uh, Starlin Castro and crazy trade rumors. Or maybe not so crazy yeah. trade rumors. So if you'd like to elaborate on that. Sure. So the the piece I wrote was a, kind of a response. If you go onto uh, Baseball Prospectus's site, they now have a link or they now have a page for just Cub stuff, which is actually really good. It's got probably four or five articles a day, and one of the articles that I saw was the case to trade Starlin Castro, and so I thought you know that's kind of interesting, and so they made some good points, but. It really seemed like they were trying to get Starlin Castro out the door just so we could play Addison Russell. And I was thinking, that makes sense for like a 2012 Cubs team, because the 2012 Cubs team figures to be really bad. So if Russell struggles when he comes up, and most rookies struggle when they come up, it doesn't mean anything. But since Castro has 3,000 plate appearances of being pretty good, that one year notwithstanding, he's been a top 10 shortstop for four out of the five years. He's been in the league, you know. It it would suck to lose that. I I don't want to say guaranteed. Nothing's guaranteed in baseball. That production, but just to get someone who's in all likelihood going to struggle when he first comes up, just because he might be a better player two years from now. And then they were also he was also trying to talk about trade value, but if you look at it, Castro has a good amount of trade value. Yeah, they got a real cheap deal. Yeah, yeah, $60 million for like seven years. He's got surplus value. There's no doubting that. But that surplus value is yours. Like you don't, you don't have to trade it away to get something else. You can leverage that by spending in other areas. Whereas Addison Russell, trading him obviously gives you some value. And it probably gives you a little more value because there are teams that want Addison Russell more than they want Stalin Castro. So if the if it was just you have to trade one of these two people, I think for the Cubs right now it makes sense 
to trade away the unknown to get something back if you're truly serious about competing this year. Maybe if you are punting, it the, the, the equation changes. But really, I don't think you need to trade either. It's just way too early to, to even entertain something like that. Oh, I agree. Because I you mean, really don't know what you got with Addison Russell yet. Like, like I, don't, I don't think the Cubs are looking to move anyone, either of those guys, this year. Um, it would be nice yeah. if Addison Russell came up, but... You know, I, I kind of think, like, you know, I mean, a lot of the trade Castro stuff is being uh, spun by the media just because the, the knives are out for Castro this year, apparently. They re- now, I don't know why. Yeah, it's driving me crazy. But, uh, like, I, I kind of rather trade Castro, actually, if they're going to trade one of the two of them. Um, because, not necessarily for this year. Like, I don't want to trade him this year, but next off season, I think they got to make the decision. Or they could keep both of them, that's fine. But, you know, what the Cubs still need mm. is more pitching and if Castro has more value to get a better pitcher and they already have a yeah. shortstop in Russell who could fill in. So that's kind yeah, of by, more by reasoning. So it's like, it's more that, you know, Castro shouldn't necessarily be the, Oh, let's just trade this guy. Cause we want this bomb off our team or the default mm. trade target, but you know, no one should be untouchable. And you know, Castro does have a lot of value and you know, yeah. there, there are things that the Cubs need. If it, if it's a case of Castro actually does have more trade value than Addison Russell, then that's something you can think about. And if they call Russell up, you know, in a month or two, and it turns out that he's he sh- he shows that he's going to be a pretty good player, which I think is likely, yeah, then yeah, me too. You know, yeah, let's revisit it. But yeah, I mean, it's not like they're going to be flipping you, Castro for prospects. Is is kind of my <laughs> yeah, my thing gonna, here. Yeah. If you trade either of them, you're trading for someone who is. Going to help the big league team, yeah. Yeah, but uh, if you, you know, put a gun to our head and said, we need to, or gun to my head and said, we need to trade one of these right now, like, let's say the the Mets were going to trade Syndergaard or something, and or, you know, we wanted a pitching prospect that we just had to have, and they said, we either want one of Starlin Castro or Addison Russell, I think I'd probably like to go Addison Russell yeah, right I, now. I guess that's the other kind of background story with that, too, that aside from the Cubs media members uh, having the knives <laughs> out for Castro is that the, you know all the all of the Mets fans on the internet have traded for Castro and Russell like 5,000 times. Yeah. Um, it's such an obvious match I, I, in terms of pitching. It's such a team needs that you're surprised mm-hmm. that it didn't happen and you didn't realize it yet. For sure. It seems like there's probably someone who has a custom Mets Castro jersey already made. <laughs> Just because they're they're getting ready for it. But uh Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I I'm kinda mad at how much people hate Starlin Castro and he gives them ammunition when he makes boneheaded plays in the field and that is really frustrating. He's you know, it's his fifth year in the league. You'd think those things would be away, but at at a certain point, you just have to to realize that's what he is. He's gonna hit really good or really well for a shortstop. He's gonna make some plays that most shortstops aren't gonna make, and he's gonna fail sometimes when it's really frustrating for him to. But you know, no one's perfect. He's a very good player. We don't need to be chasing him out of town. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't give like media members the time of day and they're all fickle and they just turn around and be like, well, let's get this bum out of here. I mean, I don't even think it's even that with Castro. I mean, it's not like he's being a jerk to them, like certain other, uh, former Cubs players, which I don't really want to get sure. into. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you know, he's, he's 
always seemed to be a, you know, all right guy, no problems. He, he gives quotes. He's just mm-hmm. young. <laughs> still, he's still 25. One of my favorite things to do, like in the past couple of years, is when the BP 100 list comes out, to go through the list and see how many of the prospects were still older than Starlin Castro is. <laughs> and for a long time, there was, like, <clears throat> the majority of them were were older than he was. And, you know, here he is putting up 300 seasons or, you know, 280 seasons in the in the majors. Well, not, not a lot of people are like, get this bum out of here. Now that Castro's not there, you can do the same with uh, with Bryce Harper instead. Is he only, like, 22 right now? <laughs> Let me check. I'm very much looking forward to the day that Bryce Harper faces a pitcher younger than him, because then I'd never have to hear that stat again. <laughs> yeah, Harper's 22. That's insane. Yeah. And he's going to be a free, I think he's going to be a, he going to be a free agent. Yeah, they don't have him signed to an extension, do they? 2019, and he won't. Well, he's a Boris guy, so it's oh, probably yeah. not that likely. And Washington doesn't doesn't do the extensions like other teams love to do. Yeah, so he's going to be a free agent when he's 26. <laughs> That's going to be a really big contract. Just a little. Well, maybe the Cubs will have a new uh, TV deal by then, and the media can have a new guy to, to rag on at every opportunity. It's, it's hilarious. Like As much as the Cubs media hates okay. Castro, it's even more funny how much the Washington guys just go nuts at Harper. Yeah, I have to break this. Uh, Jesse Rogers just said, source, Chris Bryant to be called up by Cubs on Friday. Story yes. coming at ESPNChicago.com. Yes. Which shows how little we know, and that's awesome. All right, so after this podcast, I'm going to go uh, crack open one of the good beers that I bought. <laughs> from uh, so, Brought back from Colorado. So epic. So Smoked and oaked. Yeah. So saving it. <laughs> Do you have to save it that Stan, long? Stan at Crusade says, LMAO, I feel awful for Des Moines now. He played one game at Des Moines this year. <laughs> the first game of a doubleheader. And that's it. Well, he played last year. That's, so. uh, well, I mean. So maybe if you just moved to yeah, Des Moines. They'll I mean, have to drown their tears in Addison Russell and Javier Baez. And they have, they have, well, those double-A guys when they get called up. Yeah, Schwarber. He'll probably be in AAA. I used to think that he was going to be going through pretty slowly, but now not so much. Yeah, I still think the plan is a whole year at, at Tennessee for him. Let him learn how to catch. <coughs> I don't think it's going to work out. I think he'll be a left fielder next year. Oh, I agree, too. I mean, just the few times I got to see him in spring training, he just didn't look comfortable receiving pitches. Yeah. Dropped a bunch of and he's got a cannon, but you know what? Having a cannon means you can play in the outfield. So I, I think, you know, we have plenty of other catchers. <clears throat> if he if his bat is as good as it is, it'll play anywhere. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's true. But he can also learn to catch anywhere but the big leagues. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised sure. if he, they call him up to AAA at least. Yeah, but if they, <clears throat> if they call him up to AAA, don't you think they would want their – Emergency catcher to get the brunt of plate appearances. Oh, they already have three. Ca- they have three catchers. What do they need the emergency catcher sure. for? Well, yeah, they're not going to have three. Ca- they're not going to have three catchers all year. That's I true. I don't think Wellington Castillo is on his team next month. Yeah, I'm kind or of maybe, surprised, I'm kind of surprised awesome. he still is now. Yeah, I am too. And it seems like every time a catcher around the league gets injured, 
it's like that cut they put out a statement saying no we don't want Wellington Castillo like like like, like even no tra- one even trading him for like some single a reliever I'm surprised they haven't done that at this point yeah yeah me too I thought they would I thought for sure they would just you know the last day it's like okay everyone waited us out we just need the roster spot and but now maybe maybe they were doing the very long con and they knew that as soon as they had an infield injury, they can say, well, we have to keep three catchers because we're not sending Castillo down. Now we have no choice but to call up Chris Bryant. Maybe he could come down with a case of David Patton disease and just go on the DL yeah. for six months. <laughs> <laughs> Did he ever come off the DL? I think he probably was just, he's been on there for five years now. But he went back down to double A and then was terrible. And I don't remember when he was actually released. I love those, those rule five guys. For every Hector Rondon, there's three David Pattons and Lendy Castillos. Yeah. He actually went down to Daytona. So Go down to Daytona. <laughs> 503 ERA there. What year was that? 2010. Never pitched again. What a Rule 5 pick that was. Oh, man. Yep, but hey, you know what? He can tell his grandkids that he went 3-1 and one for the Chicago Cubs in 2009. You heard the rumor yeah. we heard about why the Cubs picked him, right? Were you around then? No. Appar- no. Apparently it was uh, uh, Al's source in the front office, Deep Goat, who was the big lobbying force for uh, the Cubs to, to get him in the Rule 5 draft. Really? Yeah. I'm pretty sure the guy isn't with the Cubs anymore. Even before Theo yeah. came, but that's not a great pick. No, because they'll he'll tell his grandkids that he went three and one, but he won't tell them that his ERA that year was six eighty three. Oh, that's lower than I thought. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> he was just unlucky because his FIP was only five thirty seven that year. Oh, okay. So, C- yeah. Couple couple ground balls, finding gloves, and uh, he would have just been mm-hmm. terrible instead of awful. Twenty three strikeouts that year. That's you know pretty good. Seven point five strikeouts per nine, walks nineteen per nine. That's per really nine bad. or uh, total? No, no, <laughs> not that bad. Just just a tidy six point two walks per nine. Carl- I don't know if Carlos Marmol ever had a year that bad. Oh no, I'm sure he did. He oh had, yeah, he had to fit seven or eight at some point. <laughs> His Carlos Marmol's career average is six point two walks per nine. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and he was probably the most dominant pitcher for the Cubs of the past ten years for that one magical, well, two magical seasons. Yeah, I mean, where he was still filthy in '07 and '08. You know, as aside from like '98, Kerry Wood, like, uh, yeah, well, yeah, '08 and '09, Marmol is probably my favorite pitcher to watch on the Cubs, like by far. As actual pitch, I mean, Zabrano is my favorite, of course, but. Yeah, as far as actually like just seeing him throw to batters, like Marmol was just insane. Mm-hmm. Well, in 2010, he had 16 strikeouts per nine innings. I know that he just destroyed the record that it, he doesn't have it anymore. I think yeah. Craig Kimball has it now. The Chapman's probably got to be pretty up there too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel like his projection was like 15 strikeouts per nine this year, something like that. Yeah, he's just an insane. Not fair player. He's having an off year this year. He's only striking out 13.5 per nine. Oh, man. His FIP, 0.98. He's definitely the guy that, uh, of any like uh, prospect I've seen in person, he's the only one where I was just like, whoa, holy shit, when I saw him. 
Like I was at yeah. a I was at a Durham Bulls game and like I didn't even know it was him. I just saw some dude warming up on the in the bullpen on the sideline in front of us and he was just throwing that, you know, hundred mile an hour heat and I was like, Holy crap, who is that? <laughs> it must be Ch- it must be Chapman. And then he came in and hit Diner Navarro in the back with a hundred and five mile an hour fastball. And Navarro's uh, shoulder blade exploded. <laughs> It's hard to concentrate now that I know that uh, Chris Bryant is up. And Game 2 has been rained out for, for Iowa. For Iowa. So he's definitely done. At least it's at, uh, it's at Wrigley, so uh, he doesn't have far to go, at least. Yeah. Well, it's going to be 0 for, probably He'll probably be 0 for 4 with 4 strikeouts, and people are going to be like, send this guy back down. <laughs> no, no. Because that's no. why we can't have nice things. I gotta make sure I'm in my office for that one tomorrow. It's a day game too. Great. Yeah, let me see. Let me see. It is one twenty. Yeah, one twenty. Yeah, I've I've been discovering that being on Mountain Time and having a long commute has been very uh, inconvenient for catching a lot of games live. Yeah, it's usually like in the fourth or fifth inning by the time I get home. Like that I, sucks. Yeah, that's still their game. I DVR'd on Monday and. You know, I had just driven back from Denver the night before, so I kind of was why I watched Game of Thrones and a couple other things off the DVR, and then put the Cubs game on, and kind of fell asleep. I think around the fifth inning, and was woken up by the second Solaire home run. So that was, mm-hmm. was kind of nice. But I wonder what this means for Mike Holt now. And maybe they'll DM him too and bring up someone else. Maybe. I mean, well, now. and Addison Russell, Addison Russell played the first game of the doubleheader at second base today. No, I'm not going to read so, too much into that. I think probably just because Baez isn't around, so they might as well give him time while he's not there. Sure. They got to get Chris Velika those reps at short. Oh, was he playing short? <coughs> I think so. I don't know who else would have. Yep, Chris Velika. Well, I think that's all we have to talk about. Yeah, so we'll go and get our uh, celebratory beers. So Absolutely. Uh, until then... I'll pour one out for Citric. It wasn't here for this momentous occasion yes breaking news on the podcast which of course i mean this isn't going up until tomorrow anyway so i put it up everyone to- already knows i put it up tonight this should be pretty quick to get together since there's just two of us talking over each other instead of three yeah <laughs> yeah well and we're we're like 10 minutes shorter than our average podcast because we didn't have as many oh wait no you can go <laughs> so all it's right pretty tight all right so all right. let's wrap this up so Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, you can submit questions at the places that I also have forgotten. So so I'll go ahead and say you can tweet to OV Podcast, and you can send your questions to ovblogpodcast at gmail.com. I'm going to work to try to get a shorter call for that, but uh, that's what we're working with so far. Awesome. Where do you think Chris is, is going to bat? Let's just do one last thing real quick. Uh, I'm going to go with fifth. I was going to say fifth, so I'm going to go sixth. All right. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thanks, everyone. Yep. Thanks, Miles. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk yep. to you next week. Listen to every word.